Two of the most captivating men of their time, who kept eyes fixed on their every move, were Harry Houdini and Pablo Emilio Escobar Gaviria. Just like you guys, I heard a lot of stories about Escobar's wealth and multinational crime syndicate, and it's the same way with Harry Houdini. We all heard about his crazy and dangerous escape acts and illusions. One man whose story isn't as publicized, or should I say, as mysticized, as these two, is the one and only Joaquin El Chapo Guzman Loera. And this is despite the fact that he, quite frankly, is kind of a master at both Escobar and Houdini's crafts. I mean, okay, Houdini is a bit of a stretch, I'll be honest. But have you seen some of El Chapo's near misses and genius escapes? After I took some time to look at them, I have to say, they're pretty impressive. And that's why today, in this video, I'll be showing you some of the inside details of the most insane ways El Chapo escaped prisons and other tough situations. Without further ado, let's get into it. If you know about El Chapo, you probably already know about his two most popular prison escapes, but I'm guessing that you didn't know about his less popular non-prison escapes. What's even more interesting is that most of the man's near-death escape attempts were not even against the law. That's right, they were against rival cartels, just like this one. How is it possible that he escaped that? Well, I'll tell you about this car, but let's look at some backstory. It's 1993, and back then, Joaquin Guzman is actually not known. Like, he's not popular. Most people don't know what his face looks like, and I don't mean in the world, I mean even in his country of Mexico. Nobody knows his face, as they would later come to be very familiar with it. During this period, the big boss standing at 5'6", is in a big war with rivals at the Tijuana Cartel, headed by the Arellano Felix clan. This war began in 1989, a year after El Chapo became head of the Sinaloa cartel and was largely glossed over by the Mexican government. You see, unlike regular organized crime you've probably seen on TV that have this code of conduct where they don't go after relatives of gang members, the Mexicans didn't give a hoot. So Guzman not only kept escaping hits using his many safe houses, he also had to protect his large family. El Chapo would eventually get the attention of the population and the law in 1993 after 20 rival assassins mistook his car for a Catholic cardinal's car and opened fire on the Mercury Grand Marquis. The death shook the nation, and some even suggested that El Chapo didn't really escape anything because he was the mastermind behind the attack. So, after some research, I found out that the Catholic priest himself was a strong critic of the cartels, and they wanted him silenced. Personally, I think it's unlikely that El Chapo was the evil mastermind behind it, but he was an evil mastermind all right because after the authorities hunted him and others down just after the incident, he would pull off one of his more popular stunts in his career. You know, the first thing I thought when reading up on El Chapo's time in Puente Grande is, gee, this isn't so bad, because it turns out that his six-year stay at the so-called maximum security prison may have been the best of El Rapido's criminal career. There's just something about putting people like Joaquin Guzman and Pablo Escobar in prison that makes it look pointless. I can't put my finger on it. Oh, I know, they're rich and surrounded by easy-to-bribe officials. While in Escobar's case the entire prison was literally bought by him, Guzman bought the entire prison's pocket. It was phenomenal. Even while in prison, Guzman, or Shorty, was considered by authorities, even abroad by America and the FBI, as the leading drug lord on God's green earth. He ran business as usual by bribing the guards. A house here, $10,000 there, gift for the wife over there, everyone was happy. What's more, Guzman was basically getting security, as he didn't need to fear the threat of being attacked or running from safe house to safe house for the past four to six years. I tell you, if I was a drug lord, the first thing I'd do is go to jail. But of course, the best things don't last forever. El Chapo was able to get the best foods, drinks, parties, women, and even clothing in prison because he had the pockets of Puente Grande's deputy director of security, Damaso Lopez Nunez. 
However, in the fall of 2000, their fruitful partnership ended when Damaso left the facility. And to make matters worse, the Supreme Court of Mexico ruled that it would start extradition to the United States. Like every drug peddler ever, El Chapo was scared of an American prison, so he cut his vacation short. And just to show you how much control Guzman had in the prison, the court ruled for extradition on the 18th of January, and El Chapo just casually walked out on the 19th. Well, not walked out per se, he was hidden in a laundry and rolled out into the trunk of a car by a guard named El Chito. The escape was said to have involved at least 71 people who took care of the laundry cart, made sure it went up all three prison levels and passed six surveillance points before reaching the parking lot. Personally, I think it was performative, really. It didn't matter if El Chapo left in a cart or walked out of Puente Grande that day in a tuxedo and drove away in a limo, nobody would have stopped him. To be honest, they'd only be sad to see him go. So, I must apologize, this is one of the man's least ingenious and exciting performances. The one where he escapes through the strong grip of his power, but the next one is a banger. This one has everything. Romance, suspense, death, underground tunnels, sewers, and most importantly, a scene out of a Mexican telenovela. The story begins with El Chapo in bed with his mistress, Lucero Guadalupe Sanchez Lopez. They're both naked and having a good time. Then, suddenly, El Chapo's personal secretary rushes into the room and locks the door behind him. A team of marines are right at the door with a battering ram, working on the door almost immediately. In the blink of an eye, the couple's getaway is turned into a real getaway, and it's one that I think Lucero will forever remember. Guzman immediately runs to the escape hatch, pops it open, and leads them down into a tunnel. They make their way across several kilometers, and eventually end up in Culiacan's sewers. And oh, did I forget to mention that they didn't have any time to put on a piece of clothing. That's right. Joaquin El Chapo Guzman Luera, a billionaire and the most formidable drug lord at the time, walked naked for several kilometers in the sewers of Mexico on February the 14th, 2014. We got the details of this escape from a pretty reliable source, the mistress who was by his side in this Bonnie and Clyde drug love story. She testified in court, in a setting that may have well been out of a telenovela. There she was at the stand, talking about all the details of not only that day, but also of how much she loved the kingpin, and she thought he loved her too. Guys. Who was in the audience while this was being said? Well, El Chapo himself, obviously. But also his wife, Emma Coronel Aispuro, and she didn't look the least bit angry at the glaring infidelity. As for Guzman, he could barely look at either woman. It didn't really matter how many prisons he had escaped from. Awkward situations like this are almost impossible for escape artists to navigate. But I'm sure El Chapo didn't care. He had just spent six hours running under the city, only to be caught five days later and getting ready to go back to prison after being out for about two decades. But how does El Chapo respond? So, El Chapo just got recaptured and is dreading the prospect of being extradited to the US. But to everyone's surprise, that is not what happened. The Mexican anti-drug agencies and politicians decide he should be held in the Federal Social Readaption Center No. 1, known commonly as Altiplano. The prison is situated in Almoloya de Juarez in Mexico. Compared to his time at the Puente Grande prison, things become way more restricted for El Chapo. I mean, he's stuck in a cell like the rest of the inmates. And I feel like this is mostly because the Mexican authorities were trying to show to the US that they can handle their own criminals and that there would be no need to extradite. Well, El Chapo didn't get the memo because his next escape would expose a massive hole in the prison system. Oh, and I meant that literally. You see, the boss's men were quite loyal, and almost immediately after he got sent to jail, they began the next escape. I must say, being a drug lord that's responsible for the pain and suffering of many is a bad thing. However, the dedication and thought that the Sinaloa cartel put into the Altiplano escape kinda gives you a peek into the dogged mindset of these people. So. How did they do it? Three steps. First, they began by securing an alibi. 
The alibi was in the form of a house construction site approximately a mile away from El Chapo's cell. The Mexican cartels were famous for digging underground tunnels, and as a matter of fact, I found out that mapping areas and organizing logistics for the cartel was sort of El Chapo's first job at the cartel. I think it's quite interesting that that was how the cartel planned to save him as well. So, back to the story. They purchased the land and began what looked like construction to distract from the work that was actually being done. And they had to be as quick as possible, since their boss could get transferred to another prison at any time. The second step was actually digging the tunnel. They had to make sure that they kept noise levels to the minimum and masked their activities with the sounds from their alibi. They dug a tunnel from the house straight to the shower of El Chapo. Now, El Chapo may have had his activities restricted more than he would have liked, but it didn't mean that there were no officials in the prison ready to take a bribe from him. The cartel managed to snag a blueprint of the facility from one of these prison guards so that they could correctly map their route. Also, they had to make sure that they reinforced the roof of their tunnel so that vehicles or heavy stuff moving around didn't come crashing down on them. It's a truly risky, borderline crazy feat just to save one man, I must say. But they did it, and they did it in record time. As a matter of fact, they had built much more sophisticated and longer tunnels in the past with master architect Jose Sanchez Villalobos designing the structures. Then came the third step, escaping. On the 11th of July 2015, at 8.52pm, a surveillance camera shows El Chapo move towards his shower area, duck, and then disappear. This date was important. El Chapo chose the 11th of July because it was a weekend. He calculated that prison guards would be fewer during the weekend, and he was right. Now, just like me when I first saw the footage of him escaping, you may be wondering why no one was immediately alerted to his movements. And I think you guys already know what's up here. It's likely that he bribed the guards on duty to turn their eyes away from the screen. The tunnel was ready for his escape. There was a sort of motorcycle that was readied for Guzman to move quickly through the tunnels. There was ventilation as well, and there was a getaway plane with a trusted pilot waiting for him. 25 minutes later, the guards noticed the absence of the most powerful drug lord in his cell and sounded the alarm, but Shorty was long gone by then. Apart from the literal hole made, the development blew a hole in the justice system of Mexico, so it was no surprise that El Chapo got caught not long after and sent to another prison. Rumor has it that the cartel began work on another tunnel and even bribed prison officers in anticipation of another escape, but the plan was discovered quickly. It was clear that El Chapo was not going to stay behind bars quietly, and corruption made it very easy for him to beat the Mexican prisons again and again. So, after telling the American drug authorities that extradition of the man would not be possible for the next hundred years, Mexico caved and El Chapo was extradited to the US in 2017, just two years after his final escape. Click the video on the screen and find out more interesting stories like these. I'll see you there.